What's up, guys? Author of State Podcast. I, is this episode 29 or 30? Uh, this would be 30. Would it be? Uh, are we counting the game night as an episode? Well, yeah. Well, that was the game night was 28. Okay, Because okay, that was okay. the Ian Cole episode. Okay, I apologize. So making this 29, the Chris Carpenter this episode. This is 29. Okay. All right. right. All right. So we're here. We're chilling in John's basement again, back... Uh, Back to more of a home base location in the last couple days, or last couple uh, shows. Yeah, the the DB show, as much fun as that was, so thank you for listening if you did. I know it's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster um, of a bunch of dudes sitting around playing video games. I'm still nervous to listen to it. Ah. I'm nervous, I'm nervous. Well, I blame, I blame myself. It's a bunch of us just sitting around playing video games. It's kind of what you expect it to be. Totally, that's true. That's fair enough. Yeah, if you got, if you know, if you listen, you know what you're getting into half the time anyway. <laughs> so it shouldn't be as a major shock that one shit show at a bar <laughs> after hours on Labor occurred. Day. Exactly, exactly. And the next day, we went to Bush Stadium. Fucking Yachty Pop Day. Oh man, that was so much fun. Madhouse. People Unreal. were going ape shit for the pops, man. So we showed up at. Let's see. Game started at one fifteen. Mm-hmm. We showed up at noon. Yes. And mind you, gates open at like noon. Noon. Yeah. Like I think that's they had just opened. Basically. Maybe yeah. eleven forty five. You right. know, maybe it's like two and a half. Yeah, maybe it's not it was like, eleven forty five. Yeah, you can't go watch batting practice like back in the day. Right. Right. But when we showed up, so we were walking up to the gate. Uh, that's the the gate, home plate yeah. gate. Gate two. Um, the one that's right under the overpass by patios yeah. and. As we were walking up, there was already a dude sitting outside with like one of those big blue IKEA bags. A couple of them probably had like, at least 40, 50 yeah, pops. 40, 50 yeah, 40-50 pops already. Yeah. Uh, this dude clearly just had scouts going in. He had some gold, some platinums right. in there. It's like, right. damn, dude. Yeah, he was the guy during the game charging fifteen hundred bucks. For what those. an asshole! Yeah, yeah. that was it. Like, there, I had a hard time with that because, like, I was so excited to go. I'm so excited to have them. Right. And I think it's fun. To have it, like, you know, I have mine sitting up on the yeah. shelf, out of the box. Right. It's a personal collection item. Yep. Not I'm granted, anywhere. we got a few. Right. So, we'll, you know, we'll probably sell uh, a couple of them at, sure. at the store. But it almost made me sick to see the amount people were just, like, walking around trying to, like, scout about it. Right. People. It right. just, it, it hurt my heart a little and bit. And I'll be honest, at first I got kind of caught up in it. I'm like, yeah, oh, oh, I, want too. A, I want a silver, I want a silver, Absolutely. I want a silver. I, I was in the same boat, And man. you see a couple people with a silver, and you're like, uh, if it was just some... Random person, older person who I knew could give a shit. Mm-hmm. I asked, but as soon as it was a kid, I'm like, I can't take a toy from a kid. I just can't do it. I no matter like, if I give him a fair price or not, I just can't do it. Right. I didn't like the version it brought out of me. Right. I didn't like I the version of I me know. that existed. It I felt know. a little yucky. It did a little bit. I but did you know, bit. it didn't take long for him to be like, no, I'm not going to be one of those guys. I'm right. just going to have fun with my friends. Exactly. And exactly. drink some beers. Right. We got some pops. And we got a gold. We did get a gold. We got a gold, which I'm pretty stoked so on. That, that, was, that was very cool. Um, and I really only brought that up mainly because I want to talk about Blunt Man and Chronic Pops. Oh, my God. We'll have a whole other topic for the show, but that, those might be the two coolest pops ever. Those look so cool. I really want those bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope... You just got to get a plane ticket to New York. I was going to say, ticket to New York, if I can find that before then, he's here and get that autographed by those guys... Oh, my God. Oh. That would be cool. That would be oh. so cool. Anyways, so... I just want to talk a little bit about Pops. We, we bullshit about Pops all the time, so I wanted to make sure uh, I threw that out there. But mm-hmm. uh, the main thing I want to talk about today, or we want to talk about today, I was rocking out last night to some some tunes, and I'm like, we should talk about females who rock. Yeah. Musicians that just kick ass, bands, you know, like, we don't talk enough. We talk about music, but we don't talk enough about 
Like, I love me some fucking... We all love No Doubt. Right. How do you and not the, love Gwen Stefani dude, if you grew up in our generation? Well, it's like, it's not even just No Doubt, but like, Tragic Kingdom is just such Solid a, album. like, that is, I would put that probably top ten records all time for me, in, in personal opinion. Sure. I think that record is flawless yeah. 90s ska punk through and through. Yep. That I, like, I would put that in any countdown, much less one of like, if we're talking female-led bands or female-featured bands. Right. Like, that's that's top of the list. Yeah, agreed, 100%. Yeah, I mean, first thing I wrote down was No Doubt. And not Gwen Stefani, but, I mean, obviously she's the reason we're talking about No Doubt. Mm-hmm. I liked her poppy stuff. I'm not going to lie. Oh, for sure, I kind of dug it. I, I love pop dug music, it. man. I, um, I was all in on I hated that I... Before there was... Dude, How uh, Back Girl's a great jam. I was going to say... That's a fun fucking I paid song. for that before iTunes was like a subscription thing. Uh-huh. Like, That's I, a fun I, fucking I, song, I bought man. that tune. It bumped. It, you know, I had a little bass in the car. Yeah, man. Uh, That's a fun fucking track. Yep. It was a very fun track. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Um, give me someone... So, when you think... When I first hit you up last night, I'm like, let's talk about females who rock and band, female bands you love. What came to your mind? So, I, I, I went... Because you were in right I, I, I kind of split two categories in my head. Because I do think um, in that golden era of the 90s ska revival, there was such a, like a strong presence I think of excellent female 90s alternative bands. music in general. Yeah. Really. I mean, you so had things, like, not, this, not just this, but the Lil Affair type. The whole tour uh-huh. that really spawned out of that whole thing yeah. really gave female musicians, at least kind of in that grunge alternative scene, ska scene, more of a platform to be yeah. seen than just... Side stage of Lollapalooza. Right. But that was, and I was thinking, like, so I immediately went to No Doubt, um, Dance Hall Crashers, The Goops, um, like, that 90s set, right, was one chunk that was just all that ska revival that right. felt like uh, The Goops had that Build Me Up Buttercup yeah. um, cover that was the, um, that was the background music in... Mall rats yep. when Brody and Renee get yep. down in the yep. in the elevator, and then Kevin Smith uh, uh, directed that music video to come out with the soundtrack. Oh, awesome! Didn't know that. So um, that was a door. That was a song that kind of opened the door for me into that. And then Dance Hall Crashers, like good band. I loved Dance Hall Crashers in the mid '90s because it was like as soon as I got into you know '94 when it came out but I would have been pretty young so it was probably 96-ish mm-hmm. when I got Rancid and Out Come the Wolves yes um, so then as soon as I listened to Rancid and loved it um, I immediately had to like dive back into their other stuff so it led me straight to Op Ivy sure and then after Op Ivy Matt and Tim started Dance Hall Crashers right and then pretty quickly departed to start Rancid and then Dance Hall Crashers kept going um, and just like so much fun um, like real, real big fishy kind of, yes, like absolutely. that, that kind of brand of right, ska, right? You know, like a, like less punk, more straight up, like dance hall ska. You yep, know, the dance absolutely. hall crashers. Yep, um, it was super fun. And then I jumped into like that early two thousands kind of like with the Distillers, mm-hmm. who I absolutely fucking love. Um, and they're coming back. They're coming to the ready room in like three yeah, weeks. I, saw that. I can't wait. Me yeah. and Gibson are going to that one. Um, and then Paramore has some jams. I never really got into her. I listened to a little bit, but yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I liked uh, Riot 
it had a song called I'm Pretty Optimistic for a Pessimist um, that I really dig. That was a, that was a fun track. Um, I, I haven't loved the newer stuff as much. It's ju- it's just not that I have like any issue with it. It's just not kind of my speed. I feel like Riot was a little bit more still in that very pop punky world. And I think since then it's become a little more alternative kind of radio rock, which is sure. cool. Like I have no beef with it, but it's just not my, Your my pickup. Right. Um, but then a, a band that I've for the last like two years really loved and just recently saw it, FUBAR, Bad Cop, Bad Cop. I don't know them. Um, all four ladies, they all rock. Um, kind of like a... I, I keep I want to compare them to the Distillers just because it's the same kind of style of music, like it's just, it's just like true straight up punk. Like, right. um, you know they they're a fat rat chords band. Like okay. they're they're straight out of that kind of like cut from that no effects cloth. Well, I'll, um, I'll check it but out. not as <clears throat> not like uh, shitty and like fucking jokey. Oh, like, okay. I, don't get me wrong. I love no effects, yeah. but like. <clears throat> Um, bad Cop, Bad Cop is just a straight punk band that's gotcha. awesome. Gotcha. Um, so I'm kind of living in that world. Yeah, I started, when I go, I mean, I still love all that stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like we've said many times, flashback ten more years, and this is where I'm at. Uh-huh. So, I started going right away to, like, all my 90s stuff. Mm-hmm. Veruca Salt. Love Veruca Salt. Love me, Juliana Hatfield, and the, and the Juliana Hatfield 3. Two separate bands. <laughs> Uh, breeders were great. I loved garbage. I still love garbage. Garbage has jams. Man. I dig garbage, man. Garbage is good. Uh, of course, uh, it helps. You know, uh, Shirley Manson's fantastic. But then, uh, who's their guitar player? Who's like the the fucking fantastic producer? Uh, shit, I'm blanking. But he produced uh-huh. Nevermind and uh, all kinds of shit. Um, it'll pop my head. It'll uh, pop my head. Butch Vig. Butch Vig. Thank you. Yeah, he's a guitar player in, in garbage. Really? Yeah. Yep. So he I writes had no of, idea. Yeah, that's where he started in garbage, man. No shit. That's why. That's where he got all his shit. Which is again showing showing the age yeah, gap. Absolutely. My Butch Vig is, is only is producer, producer exactly. Butch Vig. Yep. Like I only know garbage right. from like hearing garbage on the point when like my cousins were yep. driving me around places, but like not stupid girl. Butch Vig had a piece of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, like, which is I mean, fantastic. And like I said, I've seen garbage live a couple times. They're fun. Mm-hmm. They put on a fun show, man. She's got a she got a voice never breaks. She can bring it every time. Um, she, she was like the because at that time, like you know, females were kind of you know like Tori Amos, Bjork, you know that kind of. Mm-hmm. They tried to be just a little bit different than everything else. And it was, it was after like whole right. So it wasn't and Kitty. You remember Kitty? I don't remember. Wasn't that the name of that band? I don't remember Kitty. The one that was like the real. Gothy. Um, I thought it was Kitty. I don't know. I, mean, I remember like no, L- I to look that up. About, like L seven. I remember L seven. <laughs> I loved L seven. Um, what was the other one? Oh, um, Cor- well, so this is what I want to talk about. So, whole Courtney Love. Was she talented? Mm-hmm. Um, got, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Was is Courtney Love talented? Yeah. I think I'm the wrong person to so you have don't, an you, opinion. So you don't like Courtney Love then, in general? I wouldn't say that. I would say that, again, because of the age gap, my, like, so let's see, Courtney Love was a 
extra polarizing figure. She was a polarizing figure because of her music, but right. she became a completely different level of polarizing because of the Nirvana stuff. Right. Kurt Cobain died in what, 94, 95 probably? Yeah. So I'm seven okay. when Kurt Cobain dies. Yeah. So when I start hearing Nirvana and Hole and actually getting it, this is late 90s when I'm hearing it for the first time. Yeah. And at that point, there was already too big of a connotation of who she, who is. she is. That's fair. For me to That's really fair. look. Like, I didn't I didn't get any sort of organic look right, right. up front. <laughs> so I don't think I can make that I, assessment. Right. I dug... I dug Hole as a band, and I thought she was great as a, like, great. She was a good performer, stage performer, you know, mm-hmm. brought the crowd. But in the same vein as the Sex Pistols. Like, you don't give a shit if the show's any good. You're just kind of there to have people write about it the next day. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's more about the scene than it right. is about the music. Right. Very Sex Pistols-y. Exactly. Which yeah. I, I can Ramones appreciate. even. Totally. Which I can appreciate to a certain extent. But once you hit a certain level, it's just not buyable anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I'm not buying that that's legit anymore. Sure. And, of course, all the, you know, the fact that she killed one of my heroes doesn't help. <laughs> so I just want, I had I had Hole written down. I can scratch off Hole and Courtney Love. Now, I'll also say she put out a couple of solo albums I, I kind of dug. I know yeah. she rarely wrote most of the stuff. Mm-hmm. But then again, neither did Beyonce. That, and we right. love her, so uh, that's true. Uh, so I'm not going to hold that against. As far as musicianship go, I probably like them because Billy Corgan wrote a lot of it, and I dug Smashing Pumpkins. Sure, so I probably just could yeah. hear it in there. Um, but okay, Courtney Love's gone. But another one of my favorites, which I feel like you would love too, mm-hmm. is Alanis Morissette. Oh my god! Oh, dude, Jagged Little Pill was the third CD I ever owned. Yeah, the first. Uh, the first CD I ever like owned that was mine was Smash Mouth Fushi Mang, and then Tragic Kingdom, and then Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Those three records. So like, you don't listen to one radio station? It, uh, yeah, <laughs> very much so. Um, but I love Jagged Same Little here. Pill. Same here. And all the stuff that she did after, like, you know, her next, I think it was a while before her next record came out. Um, I feel like she put, like, I think two, the one, second one out, like, within a year or so. Oh, really? Yeah, then the third one took a little while longer, so blah, blah, blah. But uh, but I always dug. I, I never deep dove into any of the other records. She's God. But I've liked them all, right? right? <laughs> well, what was even, what's really, I was having this conversation, I don't know if it was with you or with Gibson, where uh, you're going to think, like, I'm living under a rock or something, but I just recently, like, heard Billie Eilish for the first time. Even though, like, she's been this huge name. Yeah, I've never really listened, I'll and, be honest, yeah. And, and pop culture, so, like, I've heard the name for the last eight what, months or right. whatever, um, but never actually listened to a song. And then I heard uh, The Bad Type, and I immediately, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then I got halfway through it, and I was like, oh, she's the new Alanis Morissette. Really? Which made me, imme- like, oh. th- that was the immediate connection that jumped to me. Like, this feels like... 2019's Jagged Little Pill. And that got me real jazzed. All right. And she's the musical guest on the uh, season premiere of SNL in two weeks with Woody Harrelson hosting. Uh So I'm I'm extra stoked on that episode because I fucking love Woody Harrelson. And now I really dig Billie Eilish. And I I briefly skimmed at the uh, SNL lineup, but Woody Harrelson and Eddie Murphy, what else do you need to know? Right. Eddie Murphy's going to host SNL. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. 
I guess that's going to be for Dolomite. I that's going to be incredible. Yeah. That's going to be so incredible. Yeah, but Atlantis Morissette, I, you know, obviously you couldn't go anywhere without pretty much hearing that entire album mm-hmm. for like three summers. Um, I dug it. I loved it a lot. Um, like I said, I liked her, you know, um, pretty much the last, the, the, or the, the next two or three albums she put out, I thought were pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know. Once you're not on MTV, people view it as you're not a success anymore. Right. But who the fuck's on MTV anyway? Exactly. So, I mean, Nobody. Um, I always dug her. I thought she was always great. Um, I've seen a live performance a couple times, put on a good live performance. Um, and, you know, at, at an important time in my life, she was with Ryan Reynolds. So that was a big bonus <laughs> for her. I, I like her more because of that, you know? Yeah. And I, Dave Coulier. I, exactly. She I put Dave Coulier on blast. I, who she, doesn't, who she, doesn't love that? I... I think it could be argued she brought Dave Coulier back to relevance. People are like, wait, she dated the Cut It Out guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he must be cool. <laughs> because that never crossed anybody's mind. Dave Coulier that Dave must Coulier be was legit. cool. Right. Right. Anyways. But basically, they, I think they met like, you know, wasn't she like a uh, kid actor or something? Or like a Nickelodeon type thing? Probably. I don't know. You know those Canadians. There's only like three of them. That's right. That's true. Yeah. Ryan, that explains Ryan Reynolds, too. I didn't even think mm-hmm. about that. Shit. Shit. Yeah. It's the uh, Canadian connection. So what got me to start talking about this last night was I was jamming out to some music, and it was a little Joan Jett. Yeah. Dude, I love Joan Jett, man. How could you not? I mean, fucking icon, dude. So cool. Icon. And just cool from day one. Legendary. And never gave a shit about mm-hmm. anything. It's just fun to watch. But, of course, I've, all, you know, I've, all, I've liked the Runaways and stuff like that, but... Did you see... Oh... This was probably eight years ago, maybe more. Um, there was a little independent movie, a bio, a bio flick about the Runaways. Really? And it was Dakota Fanning played, oh my goodness, the blonde, whose name I can't remember. Uh, it was Joan Jett and the other fucking woman that led that band. It popped in my head, yeah. Because um, she was big too by herself. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah. And it was Dakota Fanning played her yeah. and... Uh, uh, the fucking Twilight Girl, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, is that what it was? That's right. That's right. She played Joan Jett. Okay, and it was really fucking cool. I remember watching it with Liv. I, this this was probably close to ten years ago. This movie came out. I think it was called The Runaways, or maybe it was called Cherry Bomb. Okay, that makes um, sense. It was it was one of those two names, and I remember watching that movie, and I dug um, Joan Jett, like obviously because who didn't? But again. I, I came into Joan Jett and the Blackhearts and the Runaways as a, a teen or adult many years later. Right. Right. So I like, you know when that happens, even though you can understand how iconic someone is, you lose, when you don't have the context, it doesn't mean as much. You know, like the same right. way like Ozzy Osbourne has never meant the same to me. Like, right. yeah, I've listened to a lot of Black right. Sabbath, and right. I dig and I appreciate the iconic nature, but, like, my first Ozzy was, like, the Osbournes on MTV when I was 12 years old. Right. You know? Well, it's like the Bowling for Soup song. When did Ozzy become an actor? Right. Like, right. So, What's going on? And that was the same thing. Like, my my Joan Jett was, like, Joan Jett playing um, the... Jesus Christ. I can't remember I love rock anything. and roll. Yes. Yeah. Was her playing like I love rock and roll 10 years after it came out on like as like getting honored on MTV. Right. right. You know? Yeah. She was so, just putting the rock and roll hall so like I don't, ago. Yeah. I, I, I lack the the context to really appreciate. Sure. And then so when I saw that biopic, 
and it was like the kind of coming up of the Runaways, it made me like really deep dive into their um, catalog a little bit more. Uh, Lita Ford. Yes. Lita Ford, yeah. Yeah, and that Runaways, that was like, that album came out in 76. Wow. I mean, I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, I can't tell you exactly when I got into that. I really have no idea. Um, I feel like it was probably in a movie at some point, and that's Mm -hmm. where I found it um, and had no idea what it was or who I'm listening to. I don't think until, you know, fairly recently I would have known that it was fucking Joan Jett and uh, Lita Ford in that band. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, it is. And it's fucking badass. Let me... So... Uh, keep going. I'll, I'll figure this out. Don't worry. <laughs> what are you um, trying to find? So, I'm trying to find that movie. Oh, <laughs> the biopic you're talking about? Um, so... Uh, who else I had on the list? I have very recently, in the last, like, couple of years, come into this new kind of wave of some other female-led bands that I really, really dig, that I've been listening to on heavy rotation. Um, so, this band Warriors, that uh, I saw because they opened for um, uh, Jeff Rosenstock Okay, at... Blueberry Hill, and this was probably like two years ago, um, just absolutely shred. Like, so cool. They put out this record called Survival Pop that is probably my favorite record of 2017. It was really, really good. Um, I still love it. And then uh, this band Pronoun, who we just had on the on the intro. That is so loud, isn't what, it? Yeah, probably. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this band Pronoun. Um, and I am going to not say things the wrong way because I, I never... I, because I don't mean shitty things. But I also don't... Like, the band is called Pronoun. I think the lead singer's gender identity is not... Oh, okay. I think it's uncertain. No, sure. I, I don't. I don't think it's something that that person quite knows yeah, where sure. they're at. Yeah, saying, yeah. Um, at this point, um, but just unreal. They opened for um, Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties when I went to see them at uh, Fubar over the summer. I'm like, I was showing up because I love Aaron West. Um, it's the lead singer from the Wonder Years doing like an acoustic oh, okay. kind of thing, and it's like a whole different persona. And it's just like a really cool like stage. Like it's a, it's very, uh, it's very like he plays a caricature of a version of himself. And he, it's it was really fascinating to watch. But Pronoun opened for that show, and I'd never heard of him, so I was like, ah, I'll show up whenever I do. I played softball that night. I was like, I'll just I'll just roll up. Right when I walk in, I'll walk in. I showed up probably halfway through their set. And they got through the first song that I saw, and I was immediately just like, God damn it, why did I show up late? Because they were absolutely incredible, and I I have been so stoked on this record that they just put out for the last, like, probably two months. It was, yeah, because it was over the summer when the show happened, and I'm real into them. And then the other one that's in this new wave that I'm stoked on is The 10th. Okay, yeah. Which um, is going to feel like, it's really going to make me seem like a shill, but I promise I'm not. Um, it's Harley Smith, Kevin Smith's daughter. Um, so that's how I heard of it, because 
Kevin Smith was pimping out her shit. Right. Um, but it's like this uh, very kind of runaways-ish feel. This yeah. kind of like bubblegum punk right. kind of. And yeah. it's like, that's a genre that I really do dig. So I was like, oh, you're, you're showing me a cool a cool <laughs> band in my genre. So I wasn't even thinking about the fact that it's his daughter. But I was like, oh, I'll spin this because I'll usually spin anything that someone tells me is good right. and in the genres that I like. And the record Dunes is fucking awesome, man. Like, it's really goddamn good. Um, and again, I promise, I'm not a shill here. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just really fucking good. It's funny, while... After I talked about Lance Morissette and you brought up the whole Canadian thing, uh-huh. I don't know why, pop my head, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> I dug the first couple songs she put out because MTV basically forced it down my throat. She was a skater. Because you were a skater girl. boy? I, she said, "See you later, boy." Exactly. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she wore a white beater and a tie and carried a skateboard. She mm-hmm. never rode it. She carried that skateboard like a true Canadian, <laughs> like a true Canadian. Uh, yeah, I. But but then it also made me think. So is some forty one's not Canadian, though, right? Um, I think so. Okay, okay. I'm not certain. He's very angsty for a Canadian. It's the only reason I. He sings a lot about his daddy issues, which most Canadians I don't, don't do. I am now. Now I'm having a hard time. I. I think they are. Okay. Because I felt like she also dated the guy from Nickelback at one point, too, right? I think that's accurate. Okay. I'm not, I'm not know. super up to date on my celebrity gossip, <laughs> but I know that she was married to the Sum 41 guy, and I believe I know there she was, was a Nickelback yeah, thing. Yeah, I know she's married to that guy for sure. Uh, um, and the only reason I know, I recently, they put an album out a month or so, Sum 41, yeah. and I was like looking through it because I always look at you know, every band that I used mm-hmm. to get. And that always popped up like in his bio or Wikipedia or whatever. <laughs> um but then I also got what a shitty thing to always pop up right. in your bio. Like, I was married and then had a really ugly divorce. Like, oh no, he's still married. Years ago. I think no, some forty one guy. No, oh, that wasn't a Wikipedia. They, they, they had like a. It was like a really public, oh, no, ugly, messy. Because there's split. also this YouTube thing. I went down a rabbit hole. She died years ago. <laughs> and was replaced been, by she was by replaced an alien or by a, yeah lookalike type thing. They just been keep shilling her out there. <laughs> I don't know why, because she hasn't put an album out for whatever, but that's their legit thing. She can't, you know, different person, blah, blah, blah. I love the internet. Don't you? I know. It's great. I just want to start a conspiracy theory YouTube page, because you don't really need to prove shit. Mm. So. I don't know, see, but I also feel like, anymore, it's irresponsible to do a conspiracy theory uh, webpage, because too many people would believe it. That's true. So it's it's too, like, you can't do satire anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, the onion, really the onion all of a sudden became like a legit news source. Right. <laughs> right. It's a real bummer. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. It makes it really hard. Um, and before I forget, my celebrity in a movie before oh, I Oh, yes. Melissa McCarthy, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle. What? Oh, yeah. She's in it for 13 seconds. What were you doing watching Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle it's recently? my business. It's my business. <laughs> Your Drew Barrymore. I was going to say, Drew Barrymore's in it. Your weird yes. Drew Barrymore. My weird Drew Barrymore, my fetish. Um, Cameron Diaz is very nice, too. Um, that's got, that has a, all the celebrities in it. I think Bruce Willis makes a cameo in that. Does he? I'm pretty I sure. Bill Murray was the voice he of He was their... in the first one. The, the second one, Bosworth, is... Um, it's not Cedric the Entertainer. I don't know. I didn't uh, see uh, it. Bernie... Uh, Bernie Mac? Bernie Mac. Thank you. Oh, yeah. May he rest in peace. Yeah. And uh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh yeah, he plays basically the intern who will take over for Bernie Mac because that makes sense. Yeah, 
Because well, he was also took over he Harrison was also in the so sun. So right. you know, right? He's got really nothing worth giving. Yeah, um, I. Uh, that's I think we've got a we've got a wide range of geek topics to get into. Absolutely. But this feels like a nice time for a quick break before you we change You don't want to hear topics. more about Melissa McCarthy's scene? No, I think I'll be all right. She's walking down an aisle in an office. <laughs> right. Hey guys, Brandon, Altered State Podcast here. I want to tell you about Good Buddies, Tasty Soups and Sandwiches. Best sandwich in, S, uh, in St. Louis, guys. Uh, voted from the RFT, best place to take an out-of-towner. Located at Tucker and Pine. They are open Monday through Friday, 11 to 3. Get yourself there. Get a great sandwich. You won't regret it. They use companion bread. It's all made from scratch. You're going to love it. Good buddies, tasty soups, and sandwiches. Yes. Mm. Needed that stop for a beer. I've been eating too many of these Red Hot Ripplets because I can't get off of them. And that's what's coming up for dinner. They got the Red Hot Ripplets forehands pizza. Damn right. Um that I'm really excited about. So obviously I had to buy Red Hot Ripplets also because I'm an idiot. So this beer was great. Um, so um, we have had a really wonderful and interesting week in the nerd news as well. Um, and let's be honest, at the end of the day, we are a nerd podcast. right? Um, how about these early returns for Joker? I'm excited. I mean, at one point... They had, like, all the early critics that got to see it and did the Rotten Tomatoes. At one point, it was the highest-ranked comic book movie of all time. Yeah. At one point, it was ranked higher than Dark Knight. I don't think it is anymore, but it's still sitting at, like, 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I don't put an awful lot of stock in Rotten Tomatoes. Let me rephrase that. I don't put a lot of stock in bad Rotten Tomatoes scores. Sure. Um, When something gets killer Rotten Tomatoes scores, it turns my head. Because I, th- I think there are a lot of people that are quick to, like, poo-poo on shit because it's a cool thing to poo-poo on. Right. So I don't buy into the bad scores. But I don't think there's a lot of people that want to just... There's not a lot of people in the world that I think want to celebrate things. Everyone's looking to have a great fucking hot take on right. it. So if it gets a great uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's I'm, I'm paying attention. Yeah. Um, and I can't believe... There's, there's early Oscar buzz for Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I- I, I, I watched the trailers. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Like, uh-huh. I had an idea. You know, Scorsese joke. Okay, it's going to be dark. You know, but mm-hmm. but it looks like an entirely original story. Yeah. Um, but I've also heard rumors that at some point there could be some type of crossover. You know, uh, Robert, what's his Pattinson. name? Pattinson. Uh-huh. Not necessarily a little appearance. Because when this takes place, Bruce Wayne is small. You see that. Yeah. as a child. Right. So this... But they could dovetail together. Well, right, somewhere. kind of the whole, you know, kind of how I forget which comic storyline, but you know how Red Hood basically mm-hmm. became Joker. You know all that kind mm-hmm. of shit. Um, so this guy inspires Joker or whatever the next move. Right. So, so technically, could even still exist in the same universe as mm-hmm. the previous Joker incarnations, including yeah. Heath Ledger. Well, I think regardless of what the intention was, because like obviously when Todd Phillips wrote and put this together. His intention is a standalone. Yeah. Right? But it doesn't change the fact that Warner Brothers owns what's going on here. Right. And the fact that this is getting such good buzz, they're going to find a way to dovetail Probably. it into their Probably. universe. Because their universe has done so poorly. Or they just sudden, make this the universe now. Right. Like just start, straight reboot. Right. Right. 
which is which I think what they're kind of doing with the Harley Quinn thing. Well, that's what mm-hmm. I want. Another thing that I had written down that is just really interesting to me. So they got the Birds of Prey stuff coming out. So we're seeing the early images of that, and it's a very diff like this version of Harley Quinn looks a lot more like the original Harley Quinn sure. in in characterization, right? You know, like I think in the David Ayer, 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 I, I, I don't yeah. know, yeah. And his Suicide Squad, it was clearly like they just want to play up, play up the sexy factor of right. Harley Quinn, right. and not really like. I mean, yeah, they made her kind of crazy, but didn't didn't really go with the full. They didn't give like, much of a backstory really at all. William, like Harley Quinn, is such a cartoony character, right. like so zany, right? Um, and you didn't get as much of that. Whereas in the early stuff that's coming out of Birds of Prey, it looks like they're like taking her to that really kind of zany. Yep. Uh, just cartoonishly silly place, which I'm, I'm here for. But I find it interesting that they've also talked about James Gunn's Suicide Squad being a reboot and not a sequel, but it's still going to have Margot Robbie right. as Harley Quinn. It's still going to have Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. And just this weekend, uh, Joel Kinnaman was posting on Instagram making it look very apparent without outwardly saying it. That he's coming back as Rick Flag, right? So you've got the internet goes mild, <laughs> right? So you've got enough things there that I'm like, but Will Smith isn't coming back, right? And the Which pe- I'm okay with. I mean, sure. And the, the people in charge are claiming it's a reboot, but like it's it's. I don't think at this point they even know because there's not a script on the table. There's nothing. Yeah, he's, it's such he, a. It's going to be such a finish. What he's doing with. Uh, uh, the other shit for... I know, I'm sorry. He has to finish... He's doing Suicide Squad before the Guardians. Guardians. That's what I'm trying right back. But it's just such a strange deal. Like, all right, so Joker, is this going to rebuild the universe? And then is... Where does Birds of Prey even fall? Because right. they haven't really hyped it right. at all. Right. Um, and then this new version of Suicide Squad, what's going on? And... Again, I'm a, I'm a big Will Smith fan, but I do think Will Smith was a little too big for that movie, and I think him being in that movie kind of overpowered that sure. that role a little sure. bit. So I'm not sad to see him go, but it just seems everything feels so weird. And then they're like, Wonder Woman 84 is coming out, and they and obviously they're keeping Gal Gadot, right. but that's not really going to dovetail into anything else in the universe because they isolated in that time frame, and right. they're doing... Instead of looking at Aquaman 2, they're doing The Trench as a horror movie. Like, yeah. what the fuck are they doing, man? That's what I'm saying. I think everything's what is up going in the air. on? I think it's all up in the air and no one knows. I think once the Joker's out and if they win awards, mm-hmm. that'll be their group. Right. And yeah, and then they have Robert Pattinson right. coming in. Right. Um, but I mean, and they're who the fuck knows what's going on with Superman? Right. But Not that anyone the, really gives a shit. You know, all the right, all the dark stuff that they want to put out there, as far as more rogue gallery stuff and more villain, like from the uh, point of view of the villain type stuff. Maybe that's just try that. I mean, you know, there's so many comics I out think there you right have now to. that you know, especially and there's a ton of Joker movies, but there's a shit ton of Joker comics too. I mm-hmm. mean. All the White Knight stuff, and you know, we're pretty much the alternate universe where the yeah. Joker's the hero of Gotham. You know, you can uh-huh. do so much of that if you wanted to, and have every incarnation of the Joker you could think of. Well, it's, I, I think if, if you're top brass at Warner Brothers, you just know you can't compete with Marvel. You like Marvel is now Walmart, right? So if you're 
and, and DC, your your Kmart, your Target, your Venture. So what can you do? Can you be Venture and Kmart and keep trying to be Walmart and failing, or can you be Target and rebrand and go somewhere else? Right. And that's you know that's what I think DC has to do yep. is go down the villains bandwagon, play the rogues card. Because that's the only thing they've really got left. Right. Agreed. Because um, if they just keep trying to compete with Marvel at Marvel's game, they're just going to keep losing. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. And I, um, speaking of the that Batman stuff, I so yeah. desperately hope it's not another origin story. I don't want to see... I'd Martha, be shocked. I, I don't want to see the pearls. Yeah. I don't... I don't, yeah. I don't need to... Right. Yeah, I mean, I would be... I, yeah, I don't know why at this point... In cinematic history, you would need to retell that ever, story. ever, right? And it's a beautiful story, but it's the, all the all the pathos has been taken out of it. Like you can't, it's just like I can't see Uncle Ben die again, right? You know, with with the whole Sony MCU thing, I was just like, shit. Whatever you do, don't reboot Spider Man and give me more Uncle Ben. Right. Don't you do it? Don't you fucking dare? I, I don't think they would ever. I, well, I can't say that because. Sony does dumb things. They do. Okay? That's true. This is, I don't this have is faith. But with that, Batman, I have also heard an interesting rumor um, to continue the great fortune of uh, Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Um, he's rumored to be Jim Gordon. Really? In that. Oh. So if, if he gets to be Blade and Jim Gordon... That'd be pretty badass. ...in the same era... Yeah. That's a big win, and I I would love to see him as a Jim Gordon. Yeah, I think he could pull that off. That's from in some, a really uh, interesting some Josh life. Brolin shit there. Yeah, that's nice. I like right. it. Right, oh, D- dip a toe it. in both pools. Right, I like it. I like it. I got to be honest, I don't have anything else written down right now. Really? Yeah. Well, let me see. Um, so, if we're talking all of these things, the things that I had been thinking about, aside from the DC stuff. Um, First of all, I can't believe I didn't bring this up earlier. Were you a Power Rangers guy? Not really. Another generation. Thing. It is, yeah. Um, so Power Rangers was huge for yeah. me when I was growing yeah. up. Power Rangers was Power Rangers was my first superheroes. Right. You know, that was what I saw on TV. Um, Robert Axelrod, who voiced Lord Zed, mm-hmm. died today. No shit. At 70. Oh, um, man. So, I, long, full, wonderful life. But, I mean, that was, that was the most hardcore villain in my youth. Um, so to see him go, I, I heard that today. It, it, that's a bummer. It, it made me sad a little bit. Yeah. I was like, man, that's, that's a, a bummer. That, that's a shame to uh, lose Lord Zed. Yeah. And this isn't related or whatever, but I don't know why it popped in my head. Um, I was also thinking, and we need to do a full-on episode, just John Goodman. Oh. You, you know we don't, was? We don't was, have enough time I was for watching to talk a about John Roseanne Goodman. rerun. Like, I love John Goodman. Um, and I just, you know, it was very... Dan centric. Uh huh. I think it was the one where he tells his dad off. Oh yeah. Um. It, no, so he was great in it, uh, which is great in everything. But mm-hmm. you know, maybe you kind of sit down and just start like flipping through his movie history and all his credits, and he's just you forget all the great stuff he's been in. Right. It's just he's been in more things oh than God. I can begin to wrap uh, my head around. Yeah, and I don't even want. I don't want. He's, to he's incredible in all of them. Totally. So he's even great in that St. Louis commercial. Yeah. When he's trying to get people to come here, and that'll oh, we'll we'll definitely talk okay. John. Goodman. Okay, I, I don't know why it popped in my head. I don't have it written down. Um, but like I said, that I was watching. Uh, I see I see the John Goodman commercial like every day watching the ball games, <laughs> right? And then like I don't know why uh, Roseanne rerun was on. I'm not sure if I just turned the TV on. That had to be on, but 
I watched a couple episodes. I won't lie. Uh-huh. I dug it. I miss uh, I miss the Roseanne. I liked the reboot. I never watched the reboot. I, I loved the show. I mean, I didn't watch... But I was never a fan of Connors. I didn't watch Roseanne. when they got rid of her. I, like, I, mean, I, yeah, I, I never mean, thought she was particularly funny. Yeah. But I liked the writing on the show, and I loved John Goodman. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I felt like the only times that show ever like got annoying or grating to me was like the really Roseanne-heavy moments. Sure. Well, yeah. Because I just don't think she's particularly funny. Right. You can tell... Like the Bender, the hard drug years, the Tom Arnold years, mm-hmm. where it's all more, yeah, more me, me, me than anything else. Right. But, uh, I also don't find Tom Arnold to be very funny. The I never found years Tom that he was in there. Yeah. It's like ah. every now and then I, I liked him in like uh, what was that fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he was like the secret agent with uh, um, that narrows it down. Right. Um, um, Jamie Lee Curtis is his True Lies, True Racer. Yeah, True Lies. Okay. True Lies. Uh, Tom Arnold plays like his little oh really side partner you know the, the goofy sidekick which he's perfect at I think the only time quantities. I think the only time Tom Arnold has ever made me laugh was when he was the cowboy in the other stall in uh, Austin, Austin Powers, Powers. Yeah. how about a courtesy fresh bro that's true that's um, true that's I think the only time yeah. that Tom Arnold's made me laugh he, he also and it's because to, he was uh, in that movie for all of thirteen seconds right right um, he also used to have a uh, like early on, on on the Fox Sports days when they were just like a channel. yeah the best damn sports show ever. He, he was on that. that. He was pretty good. I mean, yeah. I didn't watch it a lot, but it was kind of like reminded me of the Man Show, which I liked. For like yeah. Adam Carolla and those guys, uh-huh. Carolla Kimmel. Kimmel. Kimmel, even uh, uh, Joe Rogan and um, uh, who's the other comedian that took over after that? Um, oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. He's a great comedian. I can't think of it. Anyways, you'll get there. Yeah, I, I won't, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I don't know. We're, we got um, a tangent there, John Goodman. I'm sorry. So, but this does actually kind of kind of play there because I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of John Goodman involvement, just because of how in everything he is and how everyone is in this next thing. Have you seen the trailer for the Between Two Ferns movie? Oh, it's so funny. I, I love I love that little thing Galifianakis did. I, yeah. I love the premise behind it. That Will Ferrell's like, pissed at him. Yeah, yeah, it's the, great. When I watched that trailer, I was like, oh my oh, god. Those are some of the funniest scenes I am, ever. I am so ready ever. for this to hit Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love Galifianakis, man. I'll watch anything he does. Yeah. Um, I fucking, wa- you know, it wasn't the other day, but it was on, it's on TV all the time now. Especially, well, uh, with all of the politics it's always in the news, but uh, him and Will Ferrell, um, that's not the candidates. What the hell is it called? Uh, oh yeah, no, it's called the candidate. Is it the candidate? Yeah. Uh huh. When they're like running for city council, yeah, or, or, like, like mayor of, oh their, my God. of their Those town, already punches the baby. Yeah, uh, that movie was ridiculous. It's so funny. It's so funny. I mean, I've loved Galvanakis for the longest time. I love his stand up. Um, all his dumb little little shit he vignettes does. Yeah. that he does. Oh, Just a so funny, ridiculous man. human being. I love the like. You've seen the vignettes where he, like plays his brother. Yeah, Seth, it's uh-huh. funny as shit, man. So ridiculous. Like I just, and even like when he did SNL. Like, did you watch him when he did, did SNL? He's done it twice. Um, the first time I'm he did sure it. I did, but it's not standing out to me. So there was a scene at the very end. He always had like the same dumb jokes. Like you know, his stupid joke at the beginning is, you know, we have a great show. Hoobastank is here. No, no, not Hoobastank. Which is just a great '90s reference. Yeah, me. you know, I just love it. But then like the very first time he did SNL. Closed the show and like the last scene, he's supposed to have got cut. Uh huh. But he had shaved his head for the scene, so he comes out to do the outro. He's got a fucking bald head. I mean, literally shaved his head for the scene. 
That's the kind of dedication no way. I'm talking about. He's still good, man. So That's good. too funny. He just does not care. It's so good. Yeah. It's so great. Just ridiculous in every sense. Like one of my favorite of her, like, uh, I guess it would be, I don't know, it's like almost like a touring movie, um, but it was like um, Comedians of Comedy. Uh-huh. You, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Posehn, Pat Oswalt, and Galifianakis. Oh. Uh-huh. That, those three guys just standing there looking at me will make me laugh oh, yeah. for an hour and a half. Oh, well, so great. That leads me into something that I got really excited about that I knew you were going to be jazzed about. I as love well. that I didn't write any of this down yet. Just the same stuff. Just today, I I caught wind of something that uh, came into existence earlier this week, yeah. but I immediately got on Amazon. Brian Posehn's book. Oh, yes. Brian Posehn, yeah. uh, Forever Nerd. Forever Nerd, yep. I am. I, I ordered it immediately yep. on Amazon. I, it will be arriving tomorrow, um, and I can't wait to read it. I meant to. I haven't picked it up yet, but I was looking at because it. we're a literary podcast, now, absolutely right. Well, you say that, but I was going to see if there's an audio version that he says. <laughs> I, I would love to listen to him read me a book. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be great. I don't know, man. I am. I have been back. In, so I've, I've been. I just finished a book, like probably. Wednesday, maybe Thursday of this week, um, and it was like my last book on my reading list. So I was like really kind of sitting at a loss from it, like, shit, man, I don't really have anywhere to go. I don't know what I'm going to do, which is rare for me because I, I usually never have enough time to read all the things I want to read. But I like I just, I, maybe it's because I've been too busy to find new books Sure. But, you know, as I kept reading, I just kept catching up on my reading list and not adding to it. And then, so I, I finished, like, shit, what, what am I going to, what am I going to read? And then I, I hear, and I was like, oh, perfect timing. Like, I can't wait to get more uh, Brian Yeah, he, he was just recently, like a week or two ago, I guess, on, uh, well, they're not on it, but they just released the Nerdist, or the uh, ID10T Chris Hardwick podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, he was on there pimping out his book, which they recorded like a month ago, but they had just put it out like a week or so ago. Like, really? He's got a great story, yeah. I love Brian Posehn, man. Um, yeah, you know, he bullshits a little bit about, you know, Mr. Show Reunion doing some of that Netflix stuff. And Really? <clears throat> and says that everybody's up for doing it, but it's so hard to find that time to put David Cross and Bob Odenkirk in the same wow. room. Wow. Um, oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, you, but, did, you, did you watch the Mr. Show Little Reunion thing they did? No. They just called it, um, I think it was just called Bob and David, because it was on Netflix, so, uh-huh. so they didn't own the rights to Mr. Show. Okay. So it was just called Bob and David, but all the same people. Really? Yeah. All new sketches. They maybe did like five shows at the most. Uh-huh. Not a lot, but you know, you still got Enough a couple to get, hours. to get a taste. Right, right. And it's great. It's, it's. I mean, Mr. Show was one of those things that um, fucking blew my mind when I first watched it. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Just I, I, over the top. It hit every point for me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It, was, it was funny, but it had sketches, but then it had live stuff, but then it, it was video, recorded stuff. Talked about weed. They dropped F-bombs. It was it was everything I wanted in one yeah. package. And I knew nobody in it. Over the top ridiculous. Like, that, that is the... That, that's the most perfect 90s show. Absolutely. To me. Like, Absolutely. it's just... That, when you watch that, it's like, you really get a feel for what it was like to be in the 90s. I, uh... So they used to do... Uh, this is in the 90s, during the Mr. Show days. But right after the first season came out... Some, you know, it wasn't like comic relief, but some big, um, um, you know, comedy show for charity type thing was going mm-hmm. on. It was a live event, and Bob and David were scheduled to appear. And they, this is on the, like, the extras for the, the DVD, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the fifth, or the third or fourth season, whatever it was. Okay. So they, they go up there live, and, you know, 
I, I won't go through the whole sketch because it won't be as funny. But basically, you know, David tricks Bob into walking out totally naked. So he walks out. Bob Odenkirk walks on stage with just his cock in his hand, totally naked. <laughs> He's walking through the aisles asking people for money for charity. It's great. It's great. It's the best thing ever. I'll oh have to watch God. it later. Yeah. Um, it's it's just hilarious. You gotta watch it. So yeah. Anyway. Next next week when we record at your house. Yes. It's, that's going to have to come out. Oh, anyways, but Bob, I've always loved Bob Odenkirk. He's a fucking genius to me. Yeah. Um, when he started doing fucking drama, I was shocked. But well, not just when it, he started doing drama, but started doing it well. Well, not only that, but see, it's funny. If people watch Mister Show, mm-hmm. Saul Goodman is just a fucking character he used to do on Mister Show <laughs> right. as a joke, but mm-hmm. he just made it a real life person. He he, I could see that. I can see Saul Goodman in so many different sketches he does. Uh huh. Especially like when he's doing like the fucking. Um, you know, cheesy salesman type thing. It's yeah. straight up Saul Goodman. He uh-huh. has like the same voice in half the stuff. It's great. It's great. It wouldn't surprise me if that's how he got the gig. Right. Like, I Someone was a Mr. Guy. Show fan. Right. How can you not be? How can you not be? That's true. So I, once again, I got off on a tangent there. I apologize. Why would, that, that's, <laughs> that's the point. You brought up Brian Posehn, so that always yeah. brings me in. Which by, <laughs> another stupid ass thing. Brian Posehn had some of the best lines in Mr. Show, I think. Uh-huh. But then I also loved listening to all the Mr. Show commentary mm-hmm. because they got all the guys in a room together uh-huh. and would just bullshit about it. And they talked to Brian Posehn about like his most, the worst sketch, or the least, uh, he, he didn't want to do the sketch at all. He hated it, right? And it was, you probably don't remember, it was a commercial they did, like competing grocery stores, right? Like a Schnooks and Deerbirds kind of thing, you know. This is this grocery store, this is that grocery store, and Brian Posehn was playing, was making fun of the other guy, so he dressed himself as a baby, because the other guy was acting like a baby, mm-hmm. and like, you know, sitting there, I'm so-and-so, and lifted his leg, and it farted, right? And he's like, it's like the whole drive over there for two hours, all I could think of was having kids one day, and them seeing me in a big fucking, because, you know, Brian Posehn's <laughs> right. still a big fucking guy, this big man baby in a diaper, and then David Cross chimes, and he's like, yeah, but if you would have been in the editing studio we sat there for like nine hours trying to determine what type of fart to use that one's too wet that one's too loud you know <laughs> it's that kind of shit that i love man i miss commentary track i don't listen to them that much anymore i think people well, got that's away what from I, them. Well, well people got away from them because that's what podcasting is well that's true that's podcasting true. is a commentary track that's without true. the movie that's true which yeah. doesn't which i mean we're gonna do some commentary tracks. i was gonna that's say good. we always say we need to we need to get on that we need i feel like that needs to be like yeah. some bonus content totally you know because we can do that anytime yeah right yeah um, that said, we're going to do that soon. I do want to take a little break again because I've had enough of these bush beers. All right. And we're back to wrap. And we're to, back. To get it going. After enjoying a nice little four hands pizza. That's right. That I thought was going to taste a little more red hot ripplety. I, I was kind of disappointed. I won't lie. But, um, you know. It was still a good piece of pizza. Yeah. Um, but it's no Gallagher Brothers. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Which in the future uh, we'll tell you more about. Yeah, damn you know, right. We're kicking around the idea, of maybe doing some yeah, little pizza review, some pizza review episodes. Yeah. Basically, just to see if we can get tax write offs for our fat asses. That's really if my the, meal can be a tax write off. That's all I'm getting at here. <laughs> I'm gonna have problems. You know, that's all. <laughs> we just need we need more of an excuse to eat more pizza. That's right. Um, that's, that's really all. what my whole life has been about. It's a quest to get someone else to pay for my pizza. That's right. So, to me, because I have a warped sense of reality, the pizza thing and the food thing for us is just like when you pay a hooker, you videotape it, because that way it's not illegal. <laughs> so, if I got someone else paying for it, or at least the IRS paying a piece of it, 
I don't feel as dirty. Yeah. They can't come after me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm the king of metaphors. You really are. Yeah, yeah. Look out, Dennis Miller. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said you had some Disney stuff for me. There were a couple of things that I was thinking about this week. Um, so Fan X is going on in Salt Lake City right now. There was a, um, you know, they typically will have guests from any any number of genres and films sure. and stuff. You know, it's not one of the bigger ones, so you get side stuff. And they had a panel set up that was Ian McDermott and Hayden Christensen. Okay. Um, which, you know, they worked together a lot in episode two and episode three, so, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Disney shut the panel down. Really? Before it could go on. Disney reached out to the people of and were like, you can't do this. Why? And how? That's the question. Hmm. Um, why? We know Ian McDermott is back in Rise of Skywalker. Right. Is Hayden Christensen back as a Force Ghost? ghost? I've, heard, I've heard rumors about that um, in the past, yeah. I, that, that's fuel the fire. Yeah. If, if Disney is outwardly saying, like, hey, we're too close to this movie to allow these two people to appear together in a speaking role for potential spoilers. But that's fucked up. I mean, how many... They put all the Avengers casts out there for all the talk shows and for everything leading up to the movies. They, sure. You, gotta have, you know, you sign a non-disclosure, you got trust in it. Yeah. If someone spoils something, you're probably not paying them after that, so you're all set. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not... I don't know. I just find it very... I don't know. It annoys me that they would do something like that. I don't see the purpose of it. Yeah. To me, it's along the same lines as the showrunner for Game of Thrones walking out. Like, you owe your fans this. See, I feel like they owe their fans this after the movie comes out. But um, if they love, they love Hayden from the prequels, why, not, why can't he talk about that? Sure. That's what they love him for right now. They don't love him, they might be in the next movie. Yeah, I think that's true. But I, I think, so if he's in the next movie... That's they're looking at it as kind of their ace up up the sleeve. You yeah, know, they're I, not, guess, I get the big reveal. Sure. Yeah, they they want to have the moment. You I know? guess it was easier in the last movie because it was Yoda, right? And Yoda wouldn't talk off screen too much, so right. I guess and that, being being what like looking at the history of Star Wars and what Empire was because of its big reveal. You want to keep as much of that magic alive as you can. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think it's. I think it's coming from a place of fan service. Yeah, As a fan, I would, I, I'm disappointed that I know this. Or I'm, not even that I know it. I'm disappointed that I'm looking for it now. That he might be in it? <laughs> I'm happy that it, if he were in it, if he is to be in it, I'm happy with that. Okay, okay. Um, I'm disappointed that now I'm looking for him to be in it. I see what you're saying. Because okay. I think if I would have went in not even thinking of that as an option, hey, Noel. What's up, sweetie? <laughs> um, yeah, I think if I went in looking for that. All right. All right. Sorry about that little interruption. <laughs> a, a jump. The the classic technical difficulty of a three year old. That's right. Um, roaming around. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I think bringing, I think bringing Hayden Christensen back into the Star Wars fold. Is a is a great idea. I like the idea because I think it could I think it could salvage his his uh, reputation there. I think a lot of people have a such a salty view of the prequels. Sure, 
that I think if Rise of the Skywalker is good, which I anticipate it being, and he plays a role in it, even just as a Force ghost or even with a few, you know, like Yoda right. in the last one, right. having his kind of moment, right. then I think that can save his legacy. And I would like to see that. As a fan of the franchise, I would like to see his legacy put in different context, I guess. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I, I'm kind of... I, it doesn't bother me either way. Like, you know what I mean? I don't... I'm not going to love him more if he doesn't or yeah. not like him if he doesn't. You know, I, I don't know. Sure. I, just, I'm, I don't dislike what he did in the prequel. I, you know, I'm apoplectic. Is that the right word for the prequels? I could almost care less. Yeah. Apathetic. You know, apathetic, yeah. I'm just kind of... They are, they, are, they are what they are. They tell some of the story. They move it forward a little bit. Um, but it, I don't find... When I think of the prequels, he doesn't pop in my mind as the problem, or why I would but, not appreciate them. But you are a more level-headed individual than a lot of fandom. I think there are a lot of people that have a, a real, like, even still, have a very vitriolic relationship toward the prequels. Yeah, um, and I think Hayden Christensen's a big part of that. I think there's a lot of. Um, <laughs> Negativity still surrounding that, and I think, excuse me, um, I think that it hurt his hurts his career currently now even. I, I, and I, I would I, agree to a certain extent, but from what I've read about him, I think so. That's just what you read about people. He doesn't want to do the big movies, the sure. stuff. He wants to do more of the art house, the indie type stuff. So, uh-huh. um, so I you know, I, would I like to see him in it? Sure, because I like the idea. That J.J. Abrams is completing everything. Yeah, completing you know, one big thing. So I dig that totally. Now, will it make or break anything for me? No. But it's, I think it's cool. I mean, I would love to see that. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I, I, I know. just know that, like... You know what I think of the whole time? Anything, I think prequels now. I think Natalie Portman. Uh-huh. She, she did SNL a couple years back and redid, like, that whole... Yeah, the rap. rap thing. Yeah. Where she's like, you know... When he asks, he's like, oh, have you seen the Star Wars movies? And she's like, no. She's like, oh, they're way better. And then he cuts himself off. And she's like, better than what? You know? And she's like, yeah. say something about the motherfucking prequels, bitch. Like, it's, all, <laughs> it's fucking badass, you know? Talks about, like, fucking Jar Jar. It's hilarious. Uh, yeah. I, I, but that's what I always, you know, I think more of her than I ever really do about Hayden Christensen. And, I, of course, uh, Ewan McGregor more than anything else. So, sure. Um, but, you know. Well, I think you probably think of Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor because... As flawed as the prequels are, those two uh, th- those two performances are not true. Those yeah. are good, really good yeah. performances. Yeah. Whereas, like Hayden Christensen, I think was good cast. I don't have an issue with right. with him there. Right. But I also don't think it was an exceptionally strong performance. No, I totally. think it, I think it was a little cardboard. I think yeah. it was a little yeah. stiff. Right. Um, Especially towards the, the end of the sure. Trip, yeah. And and I so think. So I think there is a little bit of the prequels. It's just like ah, oh, if you gave me, if you gave me a leading man that could carry that, that could salvage. Like I see, it's that not I... his fault that it went wrong. Yeah, but he was placed <laughs> in a position that if he did a great job, he probably could have saved it. But I feel like he was already given that opportunity with Spider Man. What? He was kind of already given that with the Spider Man role. What Spider Man role? Amazing, totally. Amazing Spider-Man. That's Andrew Garfield. That's Andrew Garfield, like I just said. 
know why I just mixed them together. <laughs> what was I thinking of? That I had something else in my mind too. What was the damn? They uh, don't look dissimilar. That's what it is. But it was also um, what's that Sam Jackson movie where the kid can like move through walls? Did you ever see that movie? No. I'm pretty sure it's Hayden Christian. But now that I think about it, it might be Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> they do look totally the same. I picture both of them in the, in the fucking right next to each other. I'm like, yep, same haircut. That's it's the haircut. Getting it's the haircut. That's incredible. But that's how much of an impact Hayden Christensen has had on me. Right. <laughs> if, if anything speaks to the flaws of both the prequel trilogy and the Amazing Spider-Man movies, it's that statement yeah, right there. It really there. does. It really does. That a, that a bona fide nerd mixed I up totally the two. I totally forgot those. Yeah, I totally mixed them together. Yeah, what are you going to do? Well, it's been a long week. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I think with all the Star Wars stuff, I'm, I'm excited. I, no, I am too. I mean, I, I don't want it to seem like I don't give a shit about it. I just... Out of everything, don't give that, a shit about that part. Of it. Maybe that's it, and you know, it, obviously, part of it is I don't know who the fuck that kid is. Half the right. Time. right? Maybe if I realized who he was, I'd be like, oh wait, I do love that guy, maybe. or I hate him, or I really hate him. Maybe Either that's the one. I just buried it so deep down inside that I just erased him completely, and it's just Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Um, what else you got for me, man? Anything? All right. All of the, just all the weirdness. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I, I think that, that about wraps up what I got for the week. I, you know, I feel like I could talk about Star Wars forever if I well, needed to. Well, of course, if we need to, yeah. Um, but there's going to be plenty of time for that coming up. Right. Yep. Um, I don't have anything as of yet planned for next week, but I'm sure I'll come up with something sweet. Absolutely. Um, we do have, uh, Toy Man coming up on the 29th. Yeah, that'd be So a we're time. creeping up only three weeks from that. That's right. Now. That'd be fun. Yeah, three weeks from today we'll be at Toy Man, and then uh, I'm sure we'll have some fun stuff going on around Halloween, and then right after Halloween will be the Springfield Con. So yes. we're we, we got some stuff moving. We do. Um, so keep your ear to the streets. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Yo, let's wrap this up so I can get my cow tipper on.